What's on the Menu with Adrian Abraham on Money FM 89.3. Thanks for staying with us on Money FM 89.3. And today I'm joined by Leon and Frank. They are the co-owners of Loud. Welcome, gentlemen. How are you? Hello, Adrian. Hi, everybody. This is Frank. So, guys, what was the inspiration behind setting up Loud? So it just started off with me and Frank. We were friends since we were kids uh, and we've been in F&B industry for quite a bit now. And I think we just kind of decided to do something and uh, and open Laut. So Laut actually means C in Bahasa Malay, S-E-A. So it's Singapore's national language and sort of a nod to the first settlers in Singapore Island as well, which is the Orang Laut, so the sea nomad travelers. There's a couple more in-depth stuff, but the idea is also to just focus on seafood for the food program and sourcing from Southeast Asia. So working local farmers and basically knowing where our sources of ingredients come from. Lawood for us is really a project to look inwards into what we have locally before looking outwards into what's there out of the world. I think there's a lot of uh, great local farmers, uh, like local kelongs, you know, like oyster farm from Pulau Bin that not really being introduced to the market. And we, we want to like give them a shout out and to support these people that are closer to, to our native land before we reach out to whatever's in the other side of the world. I think that's what Lawood really is about. And also to kind of like bring people together in a casual setting and to support these lost traits that have been around in Singapore back in the days. And like, you know, like traits have gone missing. Like you don't see a kilong anywhere anymore. You don't see a lot of uh, spice makers anywhere anymore. And fruit juicer store, they are, they are like phasing out as, a, as, as time goes by, as modernization takes place. And we just want to like try to keep this a part of our early days alive still, you know. Now, Leon, you were the head bartender at Native, you know, one of Asia's best bars. What made you want to start, you know, venturing out and doing your own business and starting Loud with Frank? I think it's a great challenge, you know, um, nothing more than, uh, you know, starting something as well. And people assume that starting something is going to be easier route. But if anything, you know, it's, 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 it's harder. You know, now we've got... We've got to take care of a team, you know. Our, 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 I've got a new head bartender, you know, and a head chef, and a whole team, and 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 you know what 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 we have in our heads, we have to be translated to to daily operations as well, you know. And I think me personally, I like that challenge, you know, to see if to see our ideas and uh, things that we have planned in our head that comes into fruitation. I think that is something really satisfying for me, at least. And Frank, you're the co-owner at American Tap Room. What made you want to join, you know, Leon to start up this project? Because it's very different to what you usually do as well. Yeah, it's, it's, it's superbly different. We, I mean, you can ask Leon. I had to talk to the mirror constantly for like a couple of days before we did our first shift to make sure like we get all the information right. You know, we are here as a restaurant to tell a story, to tell our story, to tell like what we are actually doing, our intentions behind the food and the beverage program. I've always been working or like I've been representing a lot of beer companies and breweries around the world and I'm always telling their story. But now, you know, like main difference, the challenge is to try to understand how cocktail bar restaurant is being operated which is very very different from like a standard beer bar for sure but putting the perception is like I really like this kind of challenges as well but also I like to only do things that really interest me or like can really help to change and and, and shift people's mindset to something different so I think for me that was a challenge but uh, I think we've done pretty well in the last couple of months and uh, we're kind of like sinking everything in yeah so very very, very different but uh, they're both still quite similar in terms of casualness 
like the Marangan Tap Room is a very casual beer bar where people can come and chill out and we want Lao to be the same but with a stronger intention and uh, and obviously an amazing story behind it. We're in conversation with Leon and Frank. They are the co-owners at Loud, a bar and restaurant specializing in diversity and culture produce of Southeast Asia. Now, you guys, you decided to open up Loud when no one else would open up a business. You opened during the circuit breaker. How challenging was that? for you guys super challenging but i think that's what's great i mean there are also reasons why we put the trigger you know there are pros and cons in, in whatever situation there is but after weighing it out and and you know of course we are, we are definitely unable to foresee that far in the future you know this covid is obviously a very uh, global pandemic but you know we we definitely took our precautions and our steps and and i talked to frank quite a lot you know if we don't do it now if you know then when you know if we can't even survive in such a climate you know would we even survive in a better climate would we even get better for example you know but basically we we took very cautious steps in making our decisions and that helps a lot as well basically we don't overspend you know we control our our back end really well basically start small i think that's that's the most important thing yeah and uh you know like like what leon said nobody expected a full lockdown in a small country like singapore and we were taken away as well and we haven't even launched the restaurant yet to look at it and go like you know oh now we we have to find a different way to, to generate revenue for the business. And the kind of hit and sacrifices that me and Leon made, we were, it was challenging because we were doing all the deliveries, just me and him. The team was was stuck in the outlet every day. Not, we are in the F&B industry, we are in the service industry. We, we meet people all the time, we talk to people all the time. And that's kind of like what drives us in the industry. And being not able to do that in that two months uh, was really, really challenging for the whole team. But also, I think we spent a lot of time together during the two months and we did tie up. I mean, to be honest, we did tie up a lot of loose ends in the two months and uh, those downtimes actually helped the team to bond a little stronger. And finally, we, we I mean, government, is, they give us like, uh, they tell us on a Monday night that, uh, oh, this Friday is, is going to be phase two, you know, and we technically have like three full days, Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday to work around it, you know, like uh, open fully on a full Friday and like social distancing and people scanning in. And like printing menus when a lot of bars, a lot of uh, printing shops were closed still, create the menu. And those were kind of challenges that me and Leon faced during this phase because it's really quite rushed for both of us as well. And, and obviously, I had to think about American Tap Room a little bit as well. And, uh, you know, this just makes me and Leon a lot stronger. You know, this phase of life, this COVID-19 really help us to be better at what we do and to be more efficient and to manage our time a lot better. I think that's the good side about like having a bit of downtime. Yeah, it's true that like no other individual, very few would have dared to open up a business during such difficult times as something like the circuit breaker as well. But what was the response like to your cocktails initially? Because, you know, you were delivering them and they were all pre-bottled and packaged. Uh, what was the response like to the cocktails? The response, to be honest, in the beginning, we only had like one SKU, which is like a comfort. We started with that. A lot of our cocktails has to be pre-bagged. It takes time to make. And uh, we spent another week making it, printing the labels, taking everything by hand, bottling it. And then when we send it to our customers, me and Leon, we always try our best to spend at least like three to five minutes to talk to the customers and explain to them what we do and what Lao it is and, and what this cocktail is about, the ingredients inside. and the response was obviously good. Uh, people enjoyed it a lot. I mean, for me and Leon is coming back with like positive feedback and negative feedback and try to, to, to make it better each time. Even our current food menu, like since day one until today, on the menu is the same dish, but actually is getting better every single week, every single time. We are, we are constantly doing R&D and making sure it's always getting better. I think that's, that's what our promise is to people, I guess, you know? Yeah, I mean, I just hope that 
it is good doing uh, the, the the delivery and people enjoying the cocktails. But the honest truth is most people during the two months that they ordered the cocktails and food are people that we sort of know that recommend it to friends or friends anyway. So there is a bit of that familiarity, you know, it's easier to get at least honest feedbacks. And, and yeah, I think, and I take it as from that two months when we then fully open to a brick and mortar, you know, they want to have the whole experience as well, you know, because drinking at home and drinking at a space is very different, you know, that's where we invest in the whole ambience, the experience of music, you know, garnishes and especially the service I add on, you know, which my team hopefully is, is doing great as well and improving. But yeah, so we've had got great feedback and, and as I mentioned, you know, hopefully we kind of grow that pool and, and people know about us in Singapore. I think that's the general goal. Life has eased out quite a bit. I mean, you know, we had phase two initially where people were allowed to dine out once again and meet some of their friends out in public. So for, you know, first timers heading too loud, what are some of the recommendations that you would, you know, suggest when it comes to the cocktails our cocktail selection is pretty small we've got about like eight to nine cocktails and a couple of spirits but we work closely with brewers so we do custom brews local beers uh, in singapore there's up to six to ten breweries here distillery as well there's a couple we work with like rojak gin and chendol gin so i personally like the cocktail sugarcane using the sugarcane juice that we can get from the local market freshly pressed juice we age it like a kombucha or vinegar to provide like acidity and it's based off like a traditional Chinese medicinal kind of hall sort of like a elixir you know it's like a roasted chestnuts and, and sugarcane you know but of course with an alcoholic boost you know so our kind of mentality for creating the cocktails and food program is based off what we grew up with you know if you grew up in Singapore this is something that you're familiar with no matter regardless of race or religion or age as well I think that's was cool. For me, I, I think it would have to be the sour sap only because like there is a lot of ingredients in there that are usually not put together. But when you place them together, it actually becomes a really interesting a cocktail actually. You know, like we use gin that is made from uh, gula malaka, pandan and uh, dried coconut, like a chendol gin for compendium. And then we make our own like chocolate mint distillate through our rotary uh, evaporator. We also ferment like cacao has vinegar. So we use cacao has as a waste product from chocolate making. And then we obviously from a uh, native to, to Southeast Asia as well, aged into like a vinegar, added like soursop and koji berry. And you know, the ingredients sounds really, really weird, but when you put them together and, and presenting a cocktail the taste is amazing the flavors are amazing and you can taste everything nicely layered in that cocktail that i really really enjoyed that drink about tried both these cocktails and yes they were they were very very good and keeping in mind the weather which will be my next point the food because it's often sometimes you go to bars and you know they have a real focus on their drinks and the food is just snacks and um, and whatnot but you guys have implemented this sort of restaurant concept to this bar and the food actually tastes like proper restaurant food i mean i I want to talk about the curry the loud curry because it was raining cats and dogs outside and it was a very warm curry something you wouldn't really expect to be on a menu at one of these bars because it's not enough for one person it's a nice sharing portion and as well as the prawn raja as well you know there's a proper like restaurant michelin star quality food uh let's you know be honest with the food i speak with complete honesty because i have tried it and you know what was the message that you wanted to send out while coming up with these sort of items on the menu for the prawn raja which is uh, honestly one of my favorite dishes on the menu it's really our take on like uh things it's, it's something that's been in singapore for a long time but people kind of like forget about it or they don't recognize it you know it's our version of like porridge or like uh like simmered rice or some people even say it's very similar to a chinese dish in singapore in a two-tar store called like mui fan you know 
So this is something that we want to create. But when we present it, like um, 70% to 80% of our customers say it's like, oh, Frank, you know, this risotto is amazing, right? And then it's, it's on us to explain to them, like, you know, it's actually not really technically risotto because we don't use risotto rice. But it's a similar concept, you know, like when you go to, to me, this dish, uh, risotto is kind of like Italy's porridge or cement rice. And then you go to Spain, you get the paella, which is kind of like similar as well. And then in Asia, we have porridge or cement rice, but then we do it differently. You know, we use like Thai jasmine rice and then we cook it down with coriander and basil butter. So execution wise, it's still a little bit of a Western technique, I would say. But flavor wise, we want to make it really, really accustomed to what we grew up with, like basil, you know, like coriander. We have like patai, which is like sting beans that usually in generally, if you ask everybody, they will always say it goes with sambal, for example, right? But for us is to like also break that tradition because we tasted it on its own. And actually it has a lot of characteristics that are beautiful, but with sambal, it just covers everything, right? So we kind of put it without sambal and we added century egg. Very, very, you find it very often in like our local porridge. We actually put it together and uh, we tried it and we like, this dish is great. Like the flavors, like how two extreme flavors can come together as one. And yeah, and we really, really like that combination of flavors. And also like to, to, to get prawns from Southeast Asia and uh, showcase king prawns, which is why the name of the dish is called prawn raja. So like it means like king prawn. This dish is amazing. Like we, we love it. We love how the, the prawns taste. We, we love the flavor of the prawn head, like just sipping into the rice as well. And all this just adds complexity to the dish. And uh, yeah, that is one of our very, very popular dishes. Uh, I just want to add, so I mean, to, to answer your question, Adrian, you know, as a bar and you say that why is the food good? I think why shouldn't it be not good, you know? I think a lot of people have realized, you know, doesn't create good cocktails means bad food or good food means bad drinks, you know? I think it's, uh, consumers are more educated and they sort of want a bit of everything now. You know, people, uh, I mean, we used to travel a lot. You know, people are more more well-traveled nowadays and people want a bit of everything. So we just kind of take that idea and, you know, provide, and, and especially with COVID now, with not a curfew, but at least a 10.30 lockdown, you know, you know, people are coming out earlier, drinking more. So I think we even, you know, we even invest in a coffee program as well. So Laos is actually open in the day. So we have like coffee beans sourced from the region, Philippines, Indonesia, Malaysia, to a few yeah investing in the food for sure like prawn raja it's frank mentioned you know raja means king so king prawns from the region and ulum raja herbs so the green mix the rice greens coming from venomous mint thai basil to name a few you know betel leaf pepper leaf uh, and stuff which is tied to a very heritage thing and the lao curry as well you know it's sort of our version you know different sort of like rendang broth uh, coconut milk and mussels from ahua kelong which is a local kelong and sea bass from the region as well the catch of the day you know it could be sea bass it could be baramundi and something like that which keeps our team our kitchen team at least a bit more they wouldn't be so jaded right if they cook the same thing every day so, so it's also about techniques and sort of like just learning along the way as well but yeah I think we would, I think every bar should provide better quality food and snacks I think that is that me personally you know I would go there often that's where I want to be a place where there's good food drinks beers wines and with good friends I think that's the most important exactly now you know what do you want biggest takeaway to be when customers come to Laut I think if customers come to Laut, what I want them to go home is hopefully they go home happy and they learn a bit of something of Singapore, you know, where they can come in, have a drink and, hey, this is something familiar, have the food and, hey, this is something that I sort of grew up with and just be happy. But I think take away something is a, a sort of an educational thing. I think it makes, makes us happier. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Every time anybody that walks in, we always want them to walk out like learning something or like having new knowledge on something that they never knew. I think there is... Uh, that is something that inspires me and Leon a lot as well. 
like every time we go somewhere, we have a drink and we ask questions and we want to go out learning something new. And it's crazy because uh, we are kind of a restaurant as well. We do get a lot of customers from different age ranges. And uh, there's a funny story. My, my friend brought a whole family for his birthday. And there was his his mom, who is not very young. And she, yeah, she ate the curry as well, the loud curry. And she, she, she was singing praises about it. And then we talked to her and she's like, yeah, you know, I like it because... This tastes like what I used to make <laughs> and I can't make it anymore because I'm old. But thank you for giving me a taste of all of the flavors that I used to taste when I was growing up. And coming from um, somebody at that age, I think she was like 78. It's, it's crazy, you know, for her to, these people don't eat out ever. They're always like cooking at home, eating everything that's home cooked. For that response to come out, I think means a lot to, to the team, you know, to know that people actually appreciate it from different age groups and stuff. And, and that, that, that is amazing. Getting feedback like that from customers must be a testament of how hard you guys have worked, given all you had to endure from the circuit breaker, and all the uncertainties along the way. I mean, that's probably what keeps you going every day and motivated to keep doing what you love. I mean, I was just about to say, how often do you see a 78-year-old walking to a bar? <laughs> Not very often, might I add. <laughs> well, guys, finally, before I let you go, can you just uh, tell our listeners... Where exactly your bar is located? We are located on Stanley Street, 17 Stanley Street. We're on the first ground floor. You can find all our updates on our website. You know, just type in Lawood Singapore Bar and you'll probably get the necessary details. Uh, if you don't, come down and look for me. I'll sort it out. Okay, we've been speaking with Leon and Frank. They're the co-owners of Loud, a restaurant and bar concept located on Stanley Street, largely centered around Southeast Asian cultures, heritage and in ingredients gentlemen thank you so much for your time and i wish you all the best as you know loud transforms and heads into new year you know onwards and upwards thank you Thanks, see you bye-bye